Hello, you're listening to Eve, Where Are You? A show designed to confront toxic practices against women in the church. I'm your host, Dr. Nicole Davis, conflict coach and resolutionist. Well, it's Women's History Month. This is a great time to highlight the wonderful things that women are doing. And so there's a book that I've been reading, and I thought it would be good to share it because it is so inspirational. And as I was thinking about sharing this book, I had to make a decision about how much to actually say, because unfortunately, in today's times, we are looking at ways to discredit people and to disqualify people. And unfortunately, it's to our own detriment. If we can objectively look at people and learn from them, no matter who they are, there's so much that can be can be done. There's so much advancement that can take place. And so what I decided to do is I'm going to share this information with you and I'm not going to put a name on it. I'm not going to say where she lived. I just want you to hear the fact that she is a woman and we can identify with her because that is our struggle. The fact that we are women. So I want you to Be encouraged and take heed to what I share and see what you can take from it to apply to your life. It is definitely making a difference in mine, and I hope that it will make a difference in yours. So it starts off like this. At first, she ignored it entirely. Although she had heard the message loud and clear, she didn't pay any attention. After all, the order was a radical one. Say and write what you see and hear, he said, but she ignored him. What was she? A woman living in the 12th century supposed to do with that message. How could she follow a command so countercultural, so revolutionary? Not knowing how to respond, she ignored God's call. Until the day, the day came when she could ignore it no longer. And I just want to stop right there briefly because I said the 12th century. So to be born in the 12th century, that means she was living between 1098 and 1179. That's the year 1000 to 1100. The same things she was dealing with then, the same things that women were dealing with in the Bible are the same things that we're dealing with today in the 21st century. In 1136, it was around this time that the vision she had experienced since she was a young child began to intensify and were clearly revealed to her as interpretations of the scriptures. When I was 42 years and seven months old, she said, the heavens were opened and a blinding light of exceptional brilliance flowed through my entire brain. And so it kindled my heart and breast like a flame, not burning, but warming. Not long after this vision, she received a more specific communication from God, encouraging her to take up the pen. And just so there was no mistaking the command, this particular vision was repeated three more times on three separate occasions. Initially, she resisted, and you can imagine why. 
God seemed to be instructing her to do what virtually no other woman was doing at that time. As a woman living during a time in which most women were illiterate and certainly not encouraged to write or preach, she was terrified and overwhelmed by the directive. And let me stop right there for a moment. She was terrified and overwhelmed by the directive. How many of us are terrified and overwhelmed by the directive of what it is that we are thinking we want to do, let alone actually doing it, stepping out, making a move, just terrified with what we're thinking, but yet we can find comfort in the life of someone living so long ago with so many more odds against her, grappling with the same type of decisions, coming away, being able to do exactly what God had intended for her to do. Let's read on. Although I heard and saw these things, because of doubt and a low opinion of myself, and because of the diverse sayings of men, I refused for a long time the call to write not out of stubbornness, but out of humility, until weighed down by the scourge of God. She overcame two major obstacles in order to produce the great volume of writing for which she is remembered. First was the fact of her gender, a significant barrier. Second was the extent of her education. Male theologians in the 12th century benefited from years of a classical education, including a practical and theoretical understanding of Latin, as well as music, arithmetic, geometry, astronomy, theology, and sometimes even law and medicine. Although she learned to read and write, her education was rudimentary at best. For someone to write on theology who lacked such a background and was also a woman was a bold step indeed. Yet try as she might to ignore the call to write, she couldn't suppress God's persistent command. And I'm going to stop right there. How many of you feel oppressing and urging by the Lord to do something, to say something? And how many of you, with those urges, because of your environment, your surroundings, the naysayers, the doubters, you are not responding to what you know, what you feel, and what you desire deep down. I want you to know you're not alone. You are not the only one. I have felt that so many times. I've felt it so many times. And in fact, it can be quite overwhelming. You sense something, and even if you want to do it, it just practically seems impossible to make it happen. It could be your work schedule. It could be the fact that you have children. It could be the fact that you don't have money. It could be the fact that you don't have other people that want the same things that you want. It could be the fact of where you live. There's so many reasons why we can say, Lord, not I, or Lord, I can't, or are you sure me? And just remember that when he chose you before the foundation of the world, he knew all of this would be going on in your life in this time. And yet he still said, yes, I want you. It's the same with the woman in this story. So let's go on. Yet she tried to ignore the call to write. She couldn't suppress God's persistent command. Finally, desperate. 
she reached out to a male friend and confidant. Not only did he reassure her, he was also instrumental in gaining official sanction of her writing. And with that, she was free to record the visions that would eventually comprise three comprehensive theological works. So I'm going to fast forward because we got to hear a little bit about her story. And I want you to see what ended up happening as she continued to put one foot in front of the other, as she continued to write one volume of information after the other, as she was led by the Lord. It says she was a writer, composer, theologian, and visionary. She traveled the countryside as a preacher. She corresponded and interacted with the Pope, bishops, and other ecclesiastical leaders. And she produced a body of written work that far exceeded most of her male contemporaries. While her list of accomplishments may read like an accomplished 21st century resume, the reality is that she was born more than 900 years ago, during a time when most women could neither read nor write. Today, she is celebrated by many as a feminist. Now, whether you consider her a feminist, a saint, or a little bit of both, one thing is certain. She serves us well as a woman of faith, even today, more than nine centuries after her death. She is an example of courage, perseverance, and trust in the face of daunting obstacles and against steep odds. When she heard the voice of God, she listened and obeyed in faith. And that's my prayer for you today, that against all odds, that you will persevere and you will trust God, you will listen to his voice, and you will obey him by faith. All you need is one person, whether it's a girlfriend, a family member, a stranger, someone who can stand with you, pray with you, believe with you. You just need one person. To have more than that is a sheer, like that's miraculous. But if you will hold on to these words, you will trust and believe God's promises for you. You read his word. This Women's History Month, let you make a declaration. Make a declaration that this is the month that I will hold firm to what God has told me and I will press towards the mark of his calling for your life. Not only are you able, you are well able. You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it tomorrow, but you do have to do it. I hope you enjoyed this for this first week of Women's History Month. I will share stories with you for the rest of the month that not only are you encouraged, but I'm encouraged because we're definitely in a battle. But I believe and I know that we've already won the war. We've simply got to do our part. All right, ladies, until next week. And remember, you are beautifully and wonderfully made in the image and likeness of God. There are no limits to what you can accomplish, so don't accept any. It has been my pleasure to be with you, and I look forward to our time together next week. Please take care of yourselves. If you have a topic you would like to hear discussed, please submit them at eveworeareyou.com. Or for church leaders in need of assistance in addressing these types of matters, please contact me by going to my website to submit a request for consultation. To stay connected, you can follow me on Twitter 
at Dr. Nicole Davis One and Instagram at Eve Where Are You. Now with that said, let's go be a positive force and lift up every woman everywhere. Thank you for listening.